from Boise. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at the intersection of education policy and education politics. I'm Clark Corbin. Good news, bad news this week on Extra Credit. Uh, bad news is Kevin Richards on vacation, but the good news is have two guests that will be on in just a couple of minutes for the main segment today. I've got Nicole Foy from the Idaho Statesman and Sammy Edge from Idaho Education News on to talk about an article that they just published uh, through this partnership, the Latino Listening Project that's been going on for more than a year at this point. It's a partnership between those two reporters, the Idaho Statesman and Idaho Education News, and Nicole and Sammy just published an article taking a look at back to school and talking to Latino and Hispanic families from all over the state, and they found that they're a little bit more concerned, a little bit more wary about going back to school, but also have some additional challenges uh, that they're facing and concerned about. Uh, it's an important story, and they will be down to uh, they'll be on to talk about that in just a moment. But before that, I want to go through just a couple of top headlines this week because it was such a big, busy week, and because we have so much going on. But the two top stories this week are the special session is growing closer, as is the first day of school. We'll start with the special session earlier this week. An education working group recommended that when the special session begins the week of August 24th, just over a week from now, they want to take a look at school closure authority. And this education working group passed a proposal that would make it so that school boards have the authority to close schools and it would change it so that public health districts are playing an advisory role. That would be a change from current law where public health districts are allowed to issue quarantine orders and close schools and things of that nature. Um, so that proposal advanced Monday from the Education Working Group, which has a number of issues that it would like to consider during the special session. The other big issues that could come up during the special session, obviously, are civil liability or immunity uh, during emergencies and pandemics. Uh, the governor has said that that's likely to come up, as well as the procedures for hand handling November's general election. We will find out more next week. I think on either Monday or Tuesday, Governor Little is going to issue a proclamation and set the parameters for what's going to go on, what they're going to take up during the special session. And that's important. Look for that. And we'll have coverage of that at Idaho Education News because the Idaho Constitution says once the governor sets those parameters, the legislature has no power to work on other issues other than those that have been set forth. Uh, so that's likely to come forward Monday or Tuesday. We'll have coverage of that. Um, some more political news this week. Officially, Reclaim Idaho announced that they suspended their campaign to get an education funding initiative on November's ballot. Um, they had suspended earlier in the year amid the pandemic and then sued the state saying basically that Governor Little and Secretary of State Lawrence Denny didn't um, make accommodations for them to safely um, pursue their signature gathering. So that wound up in court. Uh, there were a bunch of different orders, but ultimately a Supreme Court order from July uh, basically halted the effort and then Reclaim officially announced this week that they suspended that effort. They had been hoping to increase, well, they had been hoping to put a ballot question on November's ballots asking voters to decide if they wanted to increase corporate and personal income taxes to raise between $170 million and $200 million for education. I talked to 
reclaimed co-founder Luke Mayville and asked if they would pursue this again in future years or after the pandemic or look to 2022. And he said they haven't ruled it out, but they have no specific plans to launch that initiative again. Um, so we'll stay in touch. We'll continue uh, to follow that. A couple other real quick stories. Up in Lewiston, they had a groundbreaking uh, Friday, August 14th, for a brand new high school, new construction. It was a big deal. The governor was expected uh, to attend that, as well as a, you know, a number of people in the community. Uh, Lewiston had been working on that for almost 20 years. Our Sammy Edge had a story about how the district acquired the land in the early 2000s, uh, failed to pass bond issues a number of times, maybe three times or so, and then finally passed one in 2017. And then the construction was just finished, and they're looking uh, to have classes begin on August 26th, I want to say, and the school board's going to decide Monday exactly what the return to school will look like in Lewiston. So that's still to be determined, but they do have a new building that's opened, and they were celebrating that today. Obviously, the first day of school begins Monday uh, for Idaho's second largest school district, the Boise School District. That's going to be with buildings closed. Uh, students will begin classes virtually online, and it's going to be that way at least for the couple the first couple of weeks, at least, uh, Ada County is still in the highest coronavirus risk category uh, as determined by the Public Health District, and Boise School Board voted uh, to start the year online. So that's going to start Monday. Uh, that's this week's top headlines. I encourage you to check out the homepage at idahoednews.org for everything you may have missed, and then certainly heading into next week. Uh, Boise goes back Monday, and then from there forward, uh, that week and then over the next several weeks, a number of districts and charters uh, will be opening on through, you know, early September it will continue. Uh, but right now I'd like to just kind of shift gears and focus on our guests. All right, uh, two special guests joining us on the podcast this week. I really want to thank my friends Sammy Edge and Nicole Foy uh, for being here on Extra Credit this week. Sammy and Nicole have an ongoing partnership between the Idaho Statesman and Idaho Education News called the Latino Listening Project, where they're meeting with uh, Hispanic and Latino families from throughout the state of Idaho, talking to them about education issues. And the timing is perfect today, uh, Sammy and Nicole, because you have a brand new story out that's published jointly uh, at Idaho Education News and the Idaho Statesman. Thank you both for being here uh, so much, and let's just talk about uh, the latest story. Yeah, so we um, decided to um, specifically start talking to Latino parents um, about how they're feeling about going back to school. There's a number of um, of um, national um, studies and surveys, and, and Sammy can talk a little bit more about the data that we gleaned from the survey that you guys at Idaho Ed News just did, but um, it kind of holds up with what we were hearing from parents, which is that Possibly more than um, other parents, Latino parents are a little bit more nervous, more wary about sending their kids um, back to school in person this fall. And of course, this fall could mean next week for a couple folks, you know, and and or maybe in a couple of weeks. And um, but at the same time, they not they're not necessarily going to have the same resources to maybe be able to keep their kids at home, to help their kids with online education. Um, and it's, um, it's kind of put all of them in a tough spot. 
Yeah, that's a really good a point. A really good point, Nicole. Sammy, what are you seeing with the data, and does this seem to be a national issue and playing out in Idaho here as well? Certainly. Well, I think you know Nicole and I first started to notice this when we were looking at uh, Facebook comments on Spanish articles about school reopening, and it seems like comment after comment were parents saying, "I don't want to send my kid back. I'm scared." Um, and then. Idaho Ed News did a survey of about 600 parents. Uh, it was a representative survey, so it got a fair share of Latino parents, but it was all English speakers. And even in that survey, we saw that 67% of Hispanic parents said they were planning to send their kids back to school in the fall, compared to 84% of white parents. So there's there's kind of a big gap there. And And it's not just in Idaho. Nationally, there was a survey that found over half of Latino parents said they were considering keeping their kids home from school. That's really interesting to me because I remember earlier in the summer, some of the first surveys I saw maybe out of the West Ada School District, and they were more general in nature, or I didn't at least take a look down at the demographic breakdowns. But especially earlier in the summer, we were hearing that parents do want to go back for a traditional opening in the fall, and that's sort of evolved as the virus has spread. Uh, but either Sammy or Nicole, what are some of the concerns that you're hearing as you meet and talk with uh, Latino families in Idaho? Yeah, they're they're very much um, what you would expect from most from most parents in some in some ways. You know, we so we we actually got a pretty good um, geographic spread um, of people in the story um, that we just published today. We've got a you know a mom from Boise. A, you know, a mom from out in American Falls, another one in Fruitland, um, you know, another one in the, in, in the Meridian area. And it, there's, there's differences, but a lot, uh, kind of the, um, whether or not their kids are going back to school um, in person differs, none of them really believe that it's going to be quite safe enough. They, they haven't been convinced either because they haven't seen a, a plan from their um, from their school district yet that has convinced them that it will be safe, or they just don't think that there's much you can do. A, a very common refrain from parents, especially of parents of younger kids, were saying, well, they're kids. What do you, like, I tell my kids, and I instruct them the best I can to wear a mask, to do this, but I know other people don't necessarily believe this is important. And even if they do, how are we supposed to expect young kids all crowded in a building together to respect social distancing, to respect not hugging their friends and wearing their mask. They're just, you know, it's, it's pretty practical. They, they just don't see how it's going to work. Yeah, Sammy, go ahead. On one level, you know, we're hearing the same concerns from Latino parents as all parents. Right? They're, they're nervous about their kids. But we also really have to keep in mind, and, and some national experts pointed this out, that the virus has hit Latino communities particularly hard. Um, the director of the, the State Commission on Hispanic Affairs pointed out that parents are not necessarily getting the information they need, usually in Spanish, from school districts. So there, there could be a lack of trust there. And then we also spoke with people who said, you know, they're worried about would they be able to pay um, healthcare bills if their kids got sick. And our, our survey found also that Latino parents were less likely to have access to childcare. Um, so they were, they were struggling with, you know, who's going to watch my kid? That's a really good point. Nicole, I definitely wanted to ask about what the outreach has been like from the state of Idaho, from our school districts, from our public health departments. 
what that outreach has been like, knowing that it may be different from community to community, and then how how good a job are we doing about getting literature and information out in Spanish? Well, I have to tell you, I've spent a couple of hours um, the other the other week, right before we were doing a a bilingual town. I mean, a bilingual just Spanish um, town hall in um, on school reopening in Spanish, and so I was trying to find some links to you know this, you know. Uh, the central district health that we were highlighting things that can be in Spanish. Um, and it was really difficult to find them on um, health districts websites, which is concerning since I speak both languages and hopefully you're hoping to pull in, especially for these Spanish speaking parents should be pretty easy for them to find these resources. Now Southwest district health, which covers, um, you know, which has jurisdiction over Canyon County, a lot of Latinos there. Um, they do have some pretty good resources explaining here's what red means for your school district. Here's what orange means. But it's also really hard to find that information for what your school is. And then if we're just looking at um, feedback that we've been getting from parents um, around the state, um, we've been getting a lot of questions, um, a lot of out of the Magic Valley in particular, from people just asking when does my kid's school start in this school district? Are they going to be online? Are, and, and that's, most of them are pretty basic questions. And that is, to me, a, a better indicator than most that parents, and particularly Spanish-speaking parents, don't really have a good grasp of what's happening yet in the fall. Yeah, those are really um, very basic level questions um, as you mentioned, Nicole, as you alluded to, the first day of school uh, for the state's second largest school district, Boise, is going to be Monday. It's going to be all online. But that's kind of the situation we have in the state of Idaho, and it started at the top with Governor Brad Little and the State Board of Education. But this summer, they encouraged local school districts and local school boards to come together and develop their own local reopening plans as we've seen, it's coming together kind of last minute, um, and we're just days away or weeks away from the start of school. And it sounds, Nicole and Sammy, um, like a lot of families, particularly uh, Hispanic and Latino families, just don't even know the basics and where to start and aren't even getting some basic information. Um, that's That's what it sounds like. And I know this is changing fast, but some of those questions about when school starts and is it going to be online... Are, are pretty basic level questions. But uh, yeah, if you're just joining us, we've got Nicole Foy from the Idaho Statesman and Sammy Edge from Idaho Education News joining the Extra Credit Podcast this week. They're talking about their ongoing Latino listening project and about the latest story that they've published jointly between the Idaho Statesman and Idaho Education News. Um, we covered, we started with the breaking news, but let's back up for just a second. Um, Nicole, and, and, and remind folks about what the Latino Listening Project is, and let's talk about a recent town hall that you had, and then at the end, we'll let people know uh, about future events. But maybe Nicole can start, and then Sammy can jump in. But just remind our listeners, you've been on before, but what is the Latino Listening Project, and what are your goals? Yeah, we're actually um, over a year now of working um, on this project together. We got a bit of an extension because of the um, fun coronavirus surprise back in March. Um, um, and so we've, we've been spending um, a little bit more than a year 
Um, we were traveling the state. Now we're virtually traveling the state, just trying to talk to folks about um, talk to Latino families and parents and students about um, what school, what education in Idaho is like for Latino students. Um, and so one of the ways that that's really changed with coronavirus is that um, we've been trying to do our best to, one, get um, information that parents, parents in particular need about going back to school um, out in Spanish because we've recognized a really big need for that. Um, and, and also just um, answer questions and get feedback. And that kind of, for example, lead to this story that kind of showed us like we were seeing because of the work we were doing, the outreach we were doing, we saw a lot of, a lot of parents more than we expected didn't want to send their kids back to school. Um, so yeah, we had a, um, we had a, our first um, in a series of um, town of Facebook live town halls um, last week. Uh, Sammy, you want to tell them how it went? I think it went well. <laughs> sure. It went, you know, aside from some technical issues, which, happened to everybody it went pretty well uh, and we, we mostly spoke about general questions about going back to school you can find that on the Idaho Education News and the Idaho Statesman pages uh, it should be archived there um, we did it with a with a former radio host down in Nampa her name is Yanira Corvera and she's a fantastic host so she got a lot of questions for us uh, we're also planning to do another one this upcoming week on Wednesday uh, with with um, discussing questions about going back to university in the fall. And then hopefully at least one more where we can talk to teachers and talk to some education experts about how to make sure your kid is actually learning from home if, if your student is home this fall. Yeah, higher education. Uh, we've talked about all the challenges and confusion at the K-12 level. Uh, higher education has its own challenges and we're seeing that play out and evolve very rapidly. One of the cool things that I like, and you mentioned this, but one of the cool things I like about the Latino Project, Latino Listening Project, pardon me, is that you're able to um, conduct these town hall events in Spanish and you're able to publish articles both in English and Spanish and share it and get that information out, where at other times there may be, as you suggested, a gap uh, in critical information, in the latest updated information, uh, reaching communities in Spanish, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, honestly, the, the move to Facebook live, um, you know, to do these, um, this kind of series is, um, as we've learned this year and as I've learned and also learned just in other aspects of reporting on the Latino community is that, um, you know, Facebook is a really good way to reach Spanish speakers across the country. And certainly here in Idaho, um, we tend to get more viewers there than we do get on our translated, um, Spanish articles. And so that's, really important to us is to meet parents where they are and where it's useful and not try to just like convince them to go to to traditionally English publications that they may have no reason to assume might have news for them. And um, so that's been really beneficial. We had a couple of thousand viewers on um, on that um, first education um, town hall and we're hoping to have um, a couple more on the upcoming one. We're talking with um, um, representatives from um, some of the big universities in the state um, to see, to just kind of, you know, explain to parents, you know, what they can expect if they're sending their kid this far away during a pandemic to still go to college. Yeah, good stuff for sure. It's an ongoing partnership between the Idaho Statesman and Idaho Education News. The latest story uh, is just out. It's available at both publications' website. 
Sammy, as we get into back to school and then the return to school, what kinds of things are you going to be looking for? What kinds of questions are you going to be asking? What kinds of things are you going to be monitoring, you know, as we enter this next phase? Certainly. I mean, I think there are all sorts of, of questions still to be answered. Um, one of them is, do we really have a grasp on, on how far kids' learning may have regressed last year? Um, would we expect to see there's a difference there between white students and Latino students? How are we going to gauge where, where kids are when they're entering a school year, given that they may have lost half of the spring? Um, certainly another thing to keep in mind is student social-emotional needs. Um, we know that the coronavirus has been traumatic for a lot of people, and we might we might see that it has been particularly traumatic for students of color who may have seen this more intensely in their communities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about the achievement gap there uh, and, and some of the ways that families are affected. Nicole, what are you hearing about concerns about academics or the achievement gap uh, or about uh, family social emotional learning? Yeah, I mean, as, as we kind of alluded to earlier, um, the just like around the rest of the country, um, Latinos, according to the data, and then also just according to things that we're hearing from sources, are, be, are being hit pretty hard by the coronavirus um, here in the state. I believe there's still about a third of the state's um, COVID cases, um, which is pretty significant considering we they barely crack 13% of the population here. Um, in Canyon County and in, in Southwest District Health and in the Magic Valley, there are significant percentages of the number of cases um, in those areas. And so um, people are aware of this. They're, they're aware of the effect it's having. It's, it's very rare to, um, at this point, to not have someone in your family or know someone who's um, had this. But also a lot of Latino families are in the position of still needing to go into work um, to, um, you know, whether at like the, a local, the local food plant um, or, um, or going, um, you know, harvest is going to start kicking into gear. Um, and so they still got to work and they still have, you know, many, and in many cases, you know, multiple generations, you know, maybe grandparents living with them. So there's a lot of risk packed into these households. Um, that maybe a lot of other um, folks in Idaho don't have. And so that's kind of what's, like we talked about in the story, it's kind of what's driving a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these parents being concerned about this, um, you know, but they also are aware that, you know, they may not be able to help, especially if they don't speak English well, they may not be able to help their kid um, the best they can if they're working from home online, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's just, I think Sammy spoke with, um, a parent in particular who was just really concerned. She will get one word wrong and mess up her child's homework assignment. And again, that's something that may, that not a lot of other parents might be concerned with. They might think of, I mean, I know a lot of parents are concerned about helping kids online, but adding a language barrier and also the fact that, if you have a kid who is learning English, they need to be around a lot of other kids who speak English. And if your whole family speaks Spanish, that could delay some stuff. It's there's just a lot packed into this. And but at the same time, parents don't want their kids to get sick. Yeah. 
that's a lot of the the main points that I wanted to cover today, Nicole and Sammy. What have I left out? What haven't uh, I talked about that you want to share, uh, knowing that back to school uh, is imminent and, and knowing that the project is ongoing? Well, I just wanted to put in a, a quick plug for, for anybody listening with questions. You know, we're, we're specifically focused on reaching Latino parents and students, um, and we have a text in line for questions. And so if you speak English, you can text the word school to the number 73224. And if you speak Spanish, you can text the word escuela to 73224. And you uh, will connect with either Nicole and I, and we will we'll help you get some questions answered about your individual school district, since we know a lot of that can be confusing when school districts are doing so many different things. Absolutely. And you have a higher education uh, forum coming up. Has the date and time been finalized, or where can people go if they want to find out more about that event? Yeah, it is yep. next Wednesday um, at 6 p.m. Um, you can find it. Um, we're we're going to, it's going to be streamed in a couple of places, but it will be on Idaho Ed News, Idaho Statesman, um, okay. and you can find it there, and it will be archived as well. All right, that's Wednesday, August 19th, and is that 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time there, Nicole? Yes. Okay, yes. and it'll be archived, but you can find it streaming through Idaho Education News and the Idaho Statesman. That's next Wednesday, August 19th at 6 p.m., correct? Yes. All right. Well, hey, I want to thank both of my guests so much uh, for joining me this week. There's obviously a ton going on, and they're super busy. Uh, so I hope everyone will join me in thanking Sammy Edge from Idaho Education News and Nicole Foy from the Idaho Statesman. Jointly together, uh, they have the ongoing Latino Listening Project. Thank you so much, Nicole and Sammy. Really appreciate it, as always. Thanks for having us, Clark. Thanks, Clark. All right. Well, that does it for this week. I want to thank my guests, Nicole and Sammy. And thank all of you for listening. really means a lot. Appreciate that you join us as we look at this complicated intersection of education policy, education politics. Some good news to end with this week. Kevin will be back next week, uh, so we will have a lot more to talk about next week. We'll know most likely the parameters for the special session, and we'll have a little bit more of an idea about how back to school is going uh, in Idaho. So a lot of information next week. In the meantime, have a good weekend. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week.